The Diary Eagles podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my friends and fellow diehard Eagles fans, Justin and Rob, Justin opening thoughts on that big win over the San Francisco 49ers. Oh man. What a great game. Um, Just an all around team win. It was nice to see that uh, from, you know, everybody come together and do their part with their, uh, in their roles, you know, um, had some key things happen with defensive turnovers. You know, uh, Carson played much better. Uh, I can't say he was um, amazing, but you know, much better. Um, and then offensive line, which I'm sure uh, we'll get into a little bit more. But that was just uh, great by all involved. So I was I was really happy with that outcome and turnout. Robbie, how about you? I know uh, I know you were the only one who picked against the Eagles. You picked the 49ers to win this game. How how'd you feel after uh, the Sunday night game? Well, let me be clear. I think I I, I, um, I said this when I picked against them that I was taking the sacrifice to motiv- motivate the team. So clearly <laughs> that worked. The team was fired up because they knew I picked against them, and they came together and they won. Um, so look, gentlemen. With that said, we got ourselves our first win. I think you know, as Justin said, there was a lot of positives. Um, you know, not perfect by any means, but. You know, it's great to see Wentz play better. I think I predicted he'd have no interceptions and and one fumble that was recovered. Obviously, he had one interception, so he let me down there. But you know, overall, he he played well. He had that big throw at the end, um, so I can't complain there. And look, I, I got to give some props to Jordan Mailata, uh, the offensive line. You know, the kid three years ago. Uh, didn't even play football, came over as a rugby guy. And, you know, he started his first game as left tackle. And I got to be honest, that false start aside, he he played fantastic. So, you know, be, between him and Driscoll, who looks promising, we may have ourselves some, some nice young talent on the line and, um, you know, compound that with, I think Doug finally got a, a better game plan together, mixing it up, rolling Carson. Um, you know, there's a lot of positives, still some negatives, but a win's a win, and we got to take it at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I love to see uh, the return of uh, Big Balls Doug, and it started with that two-point conversion to start the game off, just showing some confidence in the team and and what they were doing. And that two-point conversion turned out to be huge as the uh, as the game went on, forced them to get a, a touchdown instead of a field goal there at the end. 
that seemed to be a, a kind of a, a difference maker for sure. Loved what I've seen out of the defensive line. We put so much money in this defensive line. We, we were calling out the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, uh, Hardgrave, you know, started off the season pretty slow. And then out of nowhere, these past two games, defensive line, just dominating Cincy. They had a bunch of sacks, bunch of sacks and quarterback hits the past two games. And man, even Jannard Avery, who that seemed like that, uh, that trade that given up a fourth round for him seemed like a complete bust. He's coming up big. He had five QB hits in 15 snaps, which is insane. I, I don't know where this has been. Schwartz is saying he's dialed in. He's got to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was just loving the intensity on the defensive side of the ball and to Wentz, he definitely played better, but even more than that, there were a couple moments, a couple plays where we saw flashes of that old Carson Wentz. I think the running uh, him running, I think is really helping open him up and, and kind of get back to his normal game. I mean, he had that one wild play that ended up coming back because of a penalty or, or we didn't end up needing it. And uh, we took the automatic first down, but he rolled out to his right, almost going out of bounds, and then just throws a dart down the field. Still, some accuracy issues uh, that we need to clean up. But yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, I was surprised pleasantly that the turnovers finally came. They came in bunches, and you know, as far as like stuff we talked about the podcast or even on the group thread that we nailed, we were preaching turnovers, and there were two drives. Uh, specifically where I go, we're getting the first turnover of the year. We get that turnover in the drive. And then I call for another turnover <laughs> later on. We get it again. I'm dialed in with this team, Justin, feel free to tap. What was something that we hit on or that we've been talking about that you really nailed in this 49ers game? Sean, I, I will say you did nail the turnovers that time, but uh, typically when we, you know, start have the offensive possession, uh, you do ask for a turnover. So <laughs> I don't know how much you quite know. I, I, I really though. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not an amazing percentage, but I was two for two <laughs> throwing out. We're going to get a turnover this drive in that particular game. You were, um, I think uh, one thing we talked about and I brought up last week was just uh defensive pressure, hopefully leading to turnovers. Um, and as you just brought up, I mean, that was pretty much the X factor of the game. I mean, uh, Singleton there, you had, um, who else? Uh, Slay, I believe, had one as well. So um, it was just an all-around great game um, I, by the defense, and the pressure was key. So loved it. Even Avery had a great game. Who I'm not sure you brought up there. So I was really happy. Yeah, no, Avery. Uh, it just came out of nowhere. Was getting a bunch of pressures, and uh, I mean that that interception, that pick six. I mean that reminded me of the time sophomore year when I I caught a, a tip ball in the uh, second string game for uh, freedom high school. Uh, it just kind of the ball <laughs> fell. I didn't, I didn't return it for a touchdown. I immediately fell on the ground, but um, it, it just really Zach, Zach Ertz style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, about players that uh, need to step it up. Zach Ertz four catches, nine yards. I mean, I get that they were bracketing him and putting a ton of pressure on him, but dude, come mm. on. Like, I, I don't know if he's just in his head about this contract or whatever, but um, he, he, he just needs to perform, especially when we literally have, you know, guy undrafted receivers from old dominion out there on the outside. So Rob, what, what's something you really nailed from this uh, past week coming into it? Yeah, look, I, I think we all nailed uh, the defensive pressure and the turnover that was stating the obvious. We had to get turnovers. If we're going to win, we can't lose the, the turnover battle every single game. And 
last game we won it. And, you know, it's probably no coincidence. We won the game down the stretch, but you know, I think the thing I nailed was that it would be Carson's game to, to step up. And, you know, it was part of me being optimistic and hoping, but he did, you know, again, I, I don't think he was perfect by any means. Um, you know, still had the, the one interception and, you know, still could make some better throws at times. But I, I think this was a game where he did enough for us to win and, you know, the, the runs and, and opening things up, you know, I think he's just at the stage right now where he needs to play loose. He, he can't be dropping in the pocket, making these technical throws, you know, when he is out running, I, I just think mentally it frees him up and he's not worried about the mechanics. He's not worried about this and that. And it just seems like it's coming much more naturally to him. And, um, you know, I think that happened this game and he did step up enough for us to win. So, you know, I, I will say him, um, and I do got to touch on Zach Ertz, Sean, just that because you brought that up, you know, I'm disappointed in earth so far this year. I, I know he's our only weapon on offense and teams are double teaming him. But to me, that's not an excuse. If you are truly an elite tight end, you got to find ways to get the ball. And, and this goes equally on Doug too, but you got to find ways to get them the ball. I mean, everyone knows, you know, Kittle is a stud tight end. It didn't stop him from getting how many receptions and <laughs> 15, you know, what did he have? Receptions. 15 receptions and like 180 yards or, you know, whatever the number was, um, you know, big players step up in big games and, and, you know, Ertz has just been way too quiet, whether that's the scheme or him, um, you know, I'm, I'm sick of the excuses there. He needs to step up in a big way. Yeah. They got to figure it out. I mean, again, especially with on, you know, so many of our big players knocked out and it, and it, you know, I was always in the mindset of like, you got to keep hurts. It doesn't make sense to trade him. Uh, you know, even though Goddard has looked good, he, he's Carson safety blanket. But I mean, the, the first quarter of this season, certainly not helping him in his uh, quest for a new contract and certainly bringing credence to possibly trading him. But I, I don't even know what his value would be. Uh, I have a feeling he'll, he'll figure it out a little bit, but yeah, certainly troubling start for Zach Ertz. What, and and maybe that you know what honestly I do think that is kind of transitioning to the dark side some negative spot I, I think just yeah Ertz the, the lack of production from Zach Ertz is is really troubling and um, I mean add that to Miles Sanders his role just being reduced for uh, for a very unclear reason I mean I, maybe it's just he's still dealing with an injury that they don't want to talk about that they're slowly babying him but I'm just so pissed off at the lack of touches I mean. Everyone giving Doug a ton of shit for giving it to Corey Clement there as they're trying to run out the clock, and rightfully so. Like that should be Miles Sanders' carry. He's clearly the best running back on the team. I, I don't know what they're doing with him. I, I, in my head, it must just be some injury thing, or, or his cardio is so bad from being, uh, you know, the hamstring issue that they're slowly working him back. But I don't get it. I mean, the kid's a beast. You got to figure it out, Justin. What's uh, what's something that you're you didn't find that amazing from that win? Well, uh, one thing I want to point out is I misspoke earlier. It was uh, McLeod who had the interception, not Slay. But um, one thing that um, I think I still, you know, take away and I have a bad taste in my mouth is is still Carson a little bit. I know he's getting out of the pocket. He's running a little bit more, which I'd love to see. But you know that uh, he still missed a few key throws. Um, I I still feel like he can play better here and needs to play better. Well, um, and, the other and real quick yeah. to that, am I? 
uh, it, it's just so frustrating because he'll hit that deep ball to Fulgham, which mm-hmm. like it was a great ball, perfect pass. Even the timing was perfect. They said they only tried that deep route to Fulgham once in practice, once. So he's able to sync up with him, and the timing was perfect, deep ball placement, everything. But then on that like little uh, you know backfield, the uh, Miles Sanders coming across the middle. It's just a little bit low, and and Miles Sanders should have caught that ball, but Wentz should have placed it better. I don't understand his accuracy on the easy throws, but then he's still able to make those crazy wow throws. And I, I maybe that's just always going to be his Achilles' heel is is missing the layups. And again, there are no layups in the professional football <laughs> league in the National Football League. But I, it's just it's one thing that really stands out as frustrating. But yeah, yeah Justin, what else did you have on Wentz? Um, not just Wentz actually, just on the team itself. I mean, just, uh, uh, one thing I noticed is we are right now, I can't even say we're good yet. I would say we're probably the best bad team at best. I mean, we, we beat the Niners, so it's nothing really to cheer about. I mean, they lost to the Cardinals who we're finding out aren't as good as we originally thought. And then they beat the jets and they beat the giants. Um, so I don't know if we've really proven anything yet, even though we played well as a team, this past week, I still, I still want to see more. We're pretty so. good. We're pretty good. Yeah. We're, we're pretty ready. Good. We're ready to almost <laughs> become good. And uh, again, it, it, it just reminds me of those last four games uh, at the end of last season, the, the, the seasons on the line, Wentz has been struggling, but they, they cobble together these no name guys and are able to beat some teams that you know, are, are questionable quality wise. Rob, what's uh, what's something that's sticking in your uh, craw here, even though they won the game? Yeah, you guys touched upon it. I mean, we beat the 49ers with Nick Mullen at quarterback. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, we got pressure on him. We forced a couple interceptions, but at the end of the day, what's that really telling us? I mean, we we beat a game that we probably sh- we won a game that we probably should win. So, you know, I think if I'm nitpicking, that's still a major concern going forward. And then. You know, I, I'm still nitpicking a bit on Doug's game plan. Quite honestly, I, I think I loved the going for two because we got it. But I also did feel, and I'm probably in the major minority on this, that it was a bit forced. Like you're on the road, you score the touchdown, and then you go for two. If you don't get that, that's a big uh, negative going forward in that game. And I almost felt like it was a little bit of a knee jerk reaction from Doug. Like, you know, he got so much criticism for playing for the tie, you know, hoping something good would happen on the punt that it was like, all right, I got to show these people that I am aggressive. And, you know, we all love it because it worked, but if it didn't work, I, it just seemed like an odd time to me. And and I'm, I just thought it was a little bit of a knee jerk reaction. And you know, kind of going with that. I, I, I like the game plan, especially in the first half, you know, moving around a little bit, but I still felt like it, we lost it in the second half. And, you know, I know we ultimately won the game and, and, and scored, but it, it seems like Doug has a tendency to kind of let off the gas a little bit sometimes. And, you know, I, I think the biggest challenge for coaches can be when you get a leader or, or when you're in the game, you get comfortable and you can't in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I still want Doug to work on that game plan. I want him to stay aggressive the whole game. Um, and Sean, you touched upon it. And I think we're going to talk about it more later, but you know, the miles Sanders thing, I just don't get, he he's, he's not only our most dynamic running back, you know, he is our best playmaker period. Um, you know, when he's at full strength, which he says he is. I I can't think otherwise. I mean, you know, unless there's something else out there, 
he is our most dynamic running back. So the fact that you don't have him in the game when the game's on the line, it just makes no sense to me. Our running back rotation, quite honestly, has been something over the years that just I don't understand it. I don't know who's in charge of it. If it's Deuce Doug, is in charge Deuce. of it, that was always great when you Chip know, Kelly just, just throw him under seems, the bus. It, it just seems like there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to our running back rotation. I mean, you hear before the year, this is the year Miles Sanders could be an every down back. Yeah. And then you get to key points of the game. And you know, you're putting Clement in, you're putting Boston Scott in, you're doing whatever. And no offense to those guys, they're good role players, but they are nowhere near as well. Miles Sanders. Y- you need your best players on the field in big situations. And and there's no excuse for it unless there was an injury, which we're being told there wasn't. I mean, I heard Doug's press conference. He had some nonsensical answer again. I, I used that term, I think, last week about situational football and you need certain people in for this and that package. And it didn't make sense. You have your best guys on the field when it matters, and we didn't. So, you know, I, I think those are things that still need to be straightened out going forward. Well, I think you're I think you're an optimist, Rob, by by calling Corey Clement a good role player. I mean, that guy hasn't done shit this season. And Boston Scott, yeah, he had a those couple amazing games, but really none of that, none of that juice is 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 working this year. And I, I don't know, again, kind of to the miles thing as well. They, they just haven't gotten anything going with the screen game. A building block and the Doug Peterson, Andy Reed type offense is the screen game. And now more than ever, you think we would need it, especially going up against Pittsburgh uh, against a, a really intense pass rush with offensive line issues. The screen is really your friend there. Hopefully they'll get that involved. Justin, do you have any theories on why miles Sanders isn't getting involved enough or, or just I, I more? Think he's- Honestly, I think he's a little banged up still. I know Doug said differently. I'd like to at least think that that's the reason. Um, I also think that it's possible Doug might be just being cautious. Um, I I know at the end of the game, he should be in those key plays. Um, if we're talking about overall number of carries in a game, uh, we don't run the ball a ton compared to other teams. I mean, if I look back at last year's stats and it looked like there were only five games that we ran over. We gave over 25 carries to the running backs. I mean, Sanders week two carried it 20 times week three carried it 18 times um, this week though. It was only uh, 13 times. So obviously there's something a little off there. Um, I would have liked to have seen him get, get the ball a little bit more, but if you're talking about our game plan and our scheme, I don't know if it, it was necessary um, up until the end of the game there. Uh, so it just, I don't know. The other thing, when I watch Sanders, he just doesn't seem to have that, that pop this season. Um, I know that's debatable. Some people might question um, that and think that he's, he should, he's great right now, but um, it doesn't seem like he, he has that breakaway speed. I'd like to see a splash player too from him, but uh, it yeah, just doesn't I think he's in the card at the moment. I think he's had so. a couple moments where you see that a little bit of that burst um, but again, I don't, I don't know if uh, I think part of it is not being in rhythm too. You know, like I, I think he needs more touches to find that rhythm to really, to really uh, I, again, I think it's just mm. a lack of the preseason a lack of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of a full yeah, training look, camp I, I, and the I injuries. Don't buy it. I, I don't buy that. He doesn't have it. The, the guy worked hard in the off season. He's talking about being MVP. I, I mean, he's got to go out there and produce and I think one of the Achilles heel of Doug's offense is he very much struggles at time 
to get the ball to his playmakers in space. When you watch and I, I know they both come from the same offense, but when you watch Andy Reed and, you know, going back historically for his time with the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles always had a good screen game. They, they, yeah. they got the ball to their playmakers in space. And I just think over the years, you know, in Doug's offense, we have really struggled to give the ball to our playmakers where they could make a play. Like, yeah, we may complete a throw or, you know, Ertz is solid and then he falls down and, you know, but he makes the catch, but he, you know, Doug doesn't do a fantastic job of scheming, you know, with crossing routes, natural picks and different things where he gets the ball to his playmakers. And I, you know, he needs to focus on that more, especially for someone like Miles Sanders, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, a great example is Brian Westbrook. Is Brian Westbrook, does he put up those stats? Does he have those crazy yardage uh, totals that he would put up? Does he have crazy running, uh, rushing totals if he's in another offense? I don't think so. And I, and I think Reed did a great job of going like, hey, Westbrook's our guy. He's the guy we got to get the ball to and and putting him in great places to succeed. Justin, kind of coming back to the negative a little bit, you throw out a hypothetical question. I th- I'm pretty sure this was you. If you could cut one player from the team, who would it be right now? A lot of guys on the hot seat. Nate Gary's been getting a ton of sla- uh, a ton of grief. Even uh, you know Jason Peters obviously looked like dog shit, wanting more money to play left tackle. A lot of candidates uh, here for being cut. Well, who who's first on your list? It it was kind of uh it was kind of sad that I, there were so many choices in my mind, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had to. I mean, JJ was certainly on there. Oh, but uh, and Gary such a waste of a jersey just, though, Justin. Oh, uh, it would be. I know. So I got to. I could go JJ, not just yet. Well, um, I, I think I texted you. Can you convert that to a full cam jersey? And I think if you just <laughs> peel off half the eight, you're right there. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> And Rob, and Rob, you never ended up getting that Nelson Aguilar jersey. Rob was a huge advocate for Aguilar for a decent portion of his career to the point where we're like, Rob, you should get that Aguilar jersey. And I think it was, you know, 2018, you were thinking of doing it because he had that nice little run in the Super Bowl. I don't think you ever pulled the trigger on the Aguilar jersey. And I was the only one that believed in him that Super Bowl year. You really were. He he did. He did pay dividends, and then he just crashed and burned the next year. Oh yeah, it was uh, did not well did not end well for Aguilar. But sorry to cut you off, Justin. Uh, Who who ended up getting your award for player most deserving to be cut? I I think uh, I had to go Peters. I mean, it's just there's a lack of effort there, and he just doesn't seem good anymore either. And the fact that he's just kind of embarrassed the organization on his way out um, has, has just really left a bad taste in my mouth as well as other uh, Eagles fans. I mean, he basically, uh, you know, forced us to pay him a little bit more, held, held us under the gun, you know, to play left tackle. And then all of a sudden, I mean, just, I don't even know if he's injured at this point. I think he's just lazy. So <laughs> I would just, I just walk him straight out the door and say sayonara. Wow. That is uh, that is that cold. That's a cold blooded GM. We know uh, Justin, who is, who is willing to trade Carson Wentz as of last week in the hypothetical question <laughs> section. Are you, is Carson Wentz still on the trade block in your hypothetical GM world? Justin, uh, hold on with Peters as well. I mean, my lot, I, I just want to see more of him anyway. So no, that's um, a good point. Like Peters go uh, with Wentz. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm going to stand for what I said. He's still play amazing. 
But and, and I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit later. But, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And, you know, maybe he had to maybe he had to know that he was on the trade block in order to play better. So maybe that was part of it. You know, I, I like the psychology. Maybe it's maybe it's two ones and a player, maybe a fourth round conditional. We'll see how he does against Pittsburgh. Get him up to three number ones by the end of the season. Rob, <laughs> hypothetically, who are you letting go? So a lot of a, a lot of guys could make the list. As Justin said, who's number one. Yeah, so this is great. And for the record, I completely agree with Justin that Mylotta should be the starting left tackle going yes. forward until he proves otherwise. I want to see more of him. I like what I saw. And, you know, Peters is not the player that he used to be. And I'm equally as angry about how he handled everything. This whole magically appeared in Doug's office that he'd pay left tackle. <laughs> then a day later, we found out they <laughs> caved and paid him. That um, was a hilarious. Which makes it very uh, tempting to me uh, to cut him. But. I ultimately decided not to cut him mostly because he is the hall of fame left tackle. He has done a lot for the organization, so I will give him a pass, but in my mind, he is no longer the starting left tackle. So, you know, then the other one I I thought about was Alshon Jeffrey. Um, And, you know, Alshon is, you know, it's rumored that he was the one talking negative to the, to the press about Carson. Whether it was or not, who knows? But you know, we just can't have that in the locker room. I don't like it. But again, we have no wide receivers. So at the end of the day, we need to make sure the team has some receivers. So I'm not cutting him either, although he would be very tempting to me. I gotta cut Nate Gary. I mean, come on. (laughs) Anyone who watches the game can see the guy is not good. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he is not a starting linebacker in the NFL. And Look, I saw, you know, Jim Schwartz came out and defended him this year. I'm not sure what tape he's watching. He says sometimes it looks like it's his fault, but he's not. <laughs> but look, I, none of us have seen anything good. All I see is he's getting burned in coverage over and over and over. So in my mind, he's out. Play one of the rookies, play Sean Bradley, play um what's the other linebacker we drafted that's really raw to um no, the kid I, from I'm blanking Colorado. on his name, but yeah. yes, the guy from Colorado. Um, play any of them; they can't be any worse, quite honestly. I mean, Sean, you can suit up and play if you want. <laughs> Davion um, Taylor. Hey, yeah, Davion Taylor. He's athletic. At least he's fast. I was always, I was always decent in coverage, run support. I, I didn't have the size, but I could, I could sit back in a hook zone and pick up, uh, yeah. pick up the tight end. I'm not sure I buy that, but sure. I'll give it to you for the podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you. Ron. So he's my pick. He, he's out if I'm GM. Well, and I'm not a Nate Gary advocate by any means, but I would say for Nate Gary's sake, he's a guy that at least could be involved in special teams and uh, you know, maybe depth and everything else. And I, I think you don't need to cut him. Just like you said, play Sean Bradley, play the rookie. And again, what's so frustrating is you draft. Okay. First off, you draft a quarterback in the second round, a quarterback that's a project, a quarterback that can't even take the snap on shotgun. He's fumbled twice unprovoked. I mean, maybe we are a QB factory, a QB fumbling factory. I don't know what's going on. But then you, then not only you draft a project in the second round, you draft a project linebacker in the third round. It makes no sense. We've never paid linebackers, we've never valued linebackers. Fine. I, I think it kind of makes sense, but if you don't value the position, then you need to draft a guy that can come in and produce on the rookie contract or it defeats the entire purpose. Like he's, they're going to sit him for a year plus and then put him in there. Then 
He's almost like 30, 40% done his rookie contract. It makes no sense. Davion Taylor should be out there. Uh, and, and maybe it's a complete whiff, but Jesus Christ, third round pick, a second round pick as well. I mean, Jalen Hurts, why not just draft the best linebacker available like a four year starter? From a uh, from a big name school it makes no sense to me. I'm cutting. Uh, I'm cutting Alshon. You made a good point, Rob, about needing receivers, but I just think we need to get these young guys work. And I'm worried that Alshon, again, the besides the problems in the locker room, we don't need an old lumbering receiver. Like, you know, there's a small percentage chance we don't win the Super Bowl this year, and so we need to get these young guys some snaps. We need to start building some chemistry with Wentz and see who he connects with. Well, like we know where Alshon's going, like nowhere. And, and just you add in the locker room stuff and it makes no fucking sense that he's on the team anymore. Just how you did a bad deal, cut him and move on. And the same, th- I'm tired of the GM being involved in the on field decisions. Cause it's, it's very clear. Like the only reason they're drawing up these Jalen hurts gadget stuff is, is to justify drafting him in the second round. It makes no fucking sense. But that being said, we have 12 games left. We are in first place right now. There certainly are. We brought up the, the similarities to the 2008 season last year, nine, six and one got into the playoffs, got all the way to the 2000, uh, 2008 NFC Championship game, which we should have won. Deshaun Jackson uh, involved in that game as well. Justin, the rest of the season, have you have you let yourself dream? Have you bought back in? Are you already thinking playoffs, or are you remaining guarded and uh, and bitter? I mean, I know what I said last week about Carson and possibly blowing things up, but I mean, I am an Eagles fan, so <laughs> um, I've I've. 1000% bought back into the season. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it only takes, you know, a tie and a win and then you're right back in it. So um, I'm, I'm there. I'm a hundred percent back in. I mean, Carson did look better. Um, I still think he could do a lot better, but he looked better. The team overall looked better, especially the defense. Um, the line coaching was just amazing. And then, I mean, our division is so shitty. Yes. That I, why wouldn't I buy back in? I mean, uh, if anything, I mean, we, we got so many chances just, but, uh, due to the fact that we are in the crappy division that we're in, um, the only reservations I still have would be, you know, Doug would be the biggest one and possibly Carson at the moment. Um, just Doug, you know, being at the helm, but I will say this, the year we won the super bowl. I remember texting you guys and saying, Hey, I think we could go all the way. My only reservation is Doug. So <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at again. So I like this. <laughs> yeah. You're you're only worried about Doug letting us down. And uh yeah, he, he figured it out, man. That magical season 2017. What about you, Rob? What have you have you let yourself buy back in? Are you giving yourself a little hope to this season? I know I was I, I think after the Bengals game, I, I sent out the text of no Eagles shit for Christmas to kind of get ahead of the curve there. Make sure I wasn't unwrapping any Eagles stuff on Christmas. But uh, I, admittedly I, after that 49ers win, I'm a little juiced. I'm a little excited. The fact that we're in first place. I mean, I was doing the math. If we go four and three in the non-division games, four and one, in the division games, I mean, we're, we're right there at uh nine, six and one again. Are you allowing yourself to believe a little bit, Rob? Are you still, uh, are you still guarded? I'm still guarded. Uh, look, we beat a 49ers team that had Nick Mullins at quarterback. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I can't allow myself to go all in and get heartbroken. 
uh, based on that win. I, I need to see a signature win from this team off off a, a team that is actually a quality team with a quality quarterback. And look, if we could beat the Steelers this weekend, I know we're going to talk about it later. That would be a good win in my mind. Um, so I'm optimistic, but I, I'm still guarded. I don't want to get hurt. Um, you know, the Eagles have hurt us all too many times. <laughs> I, I think I am still concerned about Doug and his play calling. I'm still concerned about the defense. Um, there's just so many holes on this team right now. You know, the wide receivers, you know, I know Jackson may, may be back possibly uh, they don't know yet, but again, how long is he going to be back for? So th- there's reason for optimism, but not reason to buy all in. Um, you know, the only positive is the Cowboys are just as much of a dumpster fire as oh, we man. are. Man, they should be on. Um, I mean, man, how h- how do you have a QB that's throwing for 500 yards and you're <laughs> losing? I mean, this is just classic McCarthy <laughs> offense. I mean, oh, you look at them; man. they throw for all these yards, they don't run, and then they lose the game. I mean, it's it's great if you're an Eagles fan, but I, I mean, how is he not taking advantage of that offense there? Um, and how have they ignored their defense so much? Yeah, no, I mean, they have a historically bad off or bad defense and historically good um, uh, offense. It's, it's really fun to see them waste away. Uh, you know what? All these skill players they have and man, it's such a fascinating team. They've had a bunch of trouble with their own line and you know, th- I think you can kind of um, gives the offense some shit cause they've turned the ball over and kind of put the defense in bad spots. But again, the defense is horrific. They've seemingly made no adjustments. I think that is uh, one of the things I've enjoyed most about this season. Just seeing the rest of the NFC East collapse. I mean, the Redskins just benched Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I mean, I was never a Haskins fan, but he only played 13 games as a starter. Feels like you, you got to give him a little bit more run than that. And if you're that out on Dwayne Haskins, why do, why do you not draft a quarterback when you have the number two pick overall? Very uh, questioning there, and then of course you have the Giants. Who, oh my God, they are just nowhere close to coming <laughs> to to winning a game. Maybe they win against the Cowboys. That's gonna be a uh, uh, that's gonna be an ugly, ugly game. I think one way or the other. But yeah, let's talk by about. The way, by the way, Sean, they're saying I don't know if you saw this online, but Tyron Smith uh, could be out for the season now. They're saying online. Oh really? Yeah. And they already lost uh, another lineman for the entire season. I mean, our defensive line is going to eat against that uh, Cowboys offensive line when it comes to that now and perfect transition to the Pittsburgh game. We just got to continue to see the dominance uh, that we saw previously from the defensive line, Hargrave, uh, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, and in particular, Jannard Avery and Brandon Graham, they're going to be going up against the Steelers right tackle who is the backup right tackle. He's been their weak spot so far this season. And you're going up against a big Ben who we talked about it on the, our NFL picks podcast on the main feed that he was already bitching about how he didn't like the early bye week and he was just finding a rhythm. He's going to be out of sync. They're dealing with a bunch of receiver injuries. Sounds like they're all going to, they should be playing, but they're not a hundred percent. I do like Darius slay matched up against Juju, but for me, the one thing I really need to see is continued pressure on the quarterback, specifically Brandon Graham, Jannard Avery, destroying that right tackle. Justin, what do you what do we got to see from this defense? Um, I'm thinking more along the lines of strong secondary play. Um, I, obviously, I'd like to see the rush, but Big Ben is just so hard to bring down. Yeah, he's only he's, they've only played three games, and he's only been sacked five times so far. So. Um, I'm thinking if we, I mean, and they have so many weapons with Juju and now Claypool obviously is coming alive. 
Uh, Deontay had that one big game, uh, I believe against the Broncos. Uh, so, I mean, and not to mention Ebron too. So um, I'm just thinking if the secondary can play well, um, keep big Ben from, you know, making a splash play and, you know, make some uh, coverage sacks. It might help. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It looks like depending on what happens with Devonte Maddox, his health, Jalen mills, he's been kind of sliding over and playing cornerback kind of doing whatever mm-hmm. it takes to, uh, I mean, really just to survive there in the secondary, Robbie, what do we got to see out of the defense heading into Pittsburgh? Yeah, I actually disagree with Justin a little. I, I think the defensive line is key in this game. I, I think you might not get a lot of sacks on Roethlisberger, but you got to disrupt him. You yeah. know, he's too experienced. Um, he's he's too big. He, he's he, he's not going to get rattled. And um, you know, if if you just let him sit back there, he'll pick us apart. And and I like Slay on Schuster, as you said, Sean. I think you know he can keep him in check, but. You know, Roethlisberger's just too good and too experienced to to not to have time to throw. So we have to, whether it's sacks or just getting in his face a little bit, you know, we have to get that pressure on him, or else I just fear he's gonna have a field day against our secondary. So to me, that's the key of the game. Um, keeping Roethlisberger under check. Um, you know, I, I think that's just imperative for us to win. And, you know, it goes without saying again, I, I've said this every week of the, of the podcast so far, but we got to win the turnover battle too. If, if we lose that turnover battle, you know, we're going to struggle every game of the season. So we need to pick one up here or there, um, you know, against the Steelers as well. Yeah. I'm going to start predicting uh, that we need to win the turnover battle every time. That's a good trend to uh, just lay into. I like I like the angle, Rob. I I mean, really, <laughs> you can't miss with that one. I, and we mentioned it on last podcast. I don't know why they didn't listen to me and put Slay on Kittle. They needed to do something to stop the tight ends. The tight ends have just been gashing us. It's a real weakness. Ebron um, is a decent tight end and can get you some some touchdowns. Hopeful, I'm holding out hope that he hasn't played enough with Ben. That they've only had three games here together. And now they had this week off. Ben actually uh, didn't practice a couple of days this week, so I'm hoping uh, that he it doesn't have great timing with him because again the tight ends have just been a huge weakness. Coming back to the offensive side, for me, I'm just gonna say it: Zach Ertz wake up game. Zach Ertz wake up game. Zach Ertz got to get you over a hundred yards. No excuses here. I know, I know we're going to be dealing with a lot on the offensive line and, and being able to slow down. I mean, they got TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, but Zach Ertz has to come up big against this Pittsburgh secondary. Justin, what do we got to see to have a chance against Pittsburgh? Uh, just blocking all around. I mean, we need some solid run blocking. Um, they've held opponents to a total of 162 rushing yards in three games. So that's where, you know, miles needs to have a big game for us. Um, and then also, I mean, they've been able to get, you know, they got six sacks against the Broncos and then they sacked Watson five times. So we need some solid pass blocking in there. And with that, I guess you could say Carson needs to be able to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And maybe this, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm polishing a turd here, but maybe their pass rush really forces Wentz to use his legs and, and kind of break out of the pocket and really kind of do what he does best. But um, yeah, certainly uh, offensive line is a big concern. Rob, what do you what are you watching here on the offensive side of the ball? What do we got to see? It, it's a battle of lines. I mean, def- you know, the 
the Steelers are, are going to be a well-coached team. You know, they have a solid defensive line, solid linebackers. And, you know, our, these young, these young offensive linemen are going to be tested. And, you know, for us to have any success, Wentz is going to need some time and Doug's going to have to scheme around it. And I think we can't abandon the run. You know, even if it's not working, we got to keep these guys honest. We got to have running plays. We, we got to, you know, create for the passing games. And, you know, it's also good for the young linemen. It's good to get them in run blocking. Yeah. Great uh, point. It lets them be a little bit aggressive. Mm-hmm. Let's them get out. So I, I think it's key just on many levels that Doug really does uh, attempt to have a little more, you know, some more carries this game just to keep that aggressive defense in check. Um, so, you know, to me that that's the key and, you know, it goes without saying Wentz is going to be the key and if he has time, hopefully he'll be okay. But, you know, because of the line, I think that just parlays, we're going to have to keep ro- rolling Wentz out and playing to his strengths, which quite honestly, I just think we should be doing every game at this point. So that's not really specific to the Steelers. Yeah. And uh, to that point, I mean, great, great angle there on, on the run blocking for the offensive linemen, especially younger inexperienced guys like Melata. It's just, Hey, the guy in front of you, just push him. That's all you got to do. It's that simple. And you forget, I mean, he hadn't gotten this much playing time before, but uh, watching like the, the film breakdowns that they posted on the Eagle subreddit, which, oh my God, there's some hilarious nerds that break down uh, game film for <laughs> offensive line. Like they look like they're right. You know, they're in their gaming chair. They're about to like do a, a call of duty. Like, uh, you know, they got their like little gaming screen going breaking it down, just crazy nerds. But they, they pointed out that, yeah, you get the run blocking going and my lot of you just forget how much bigger he is. Even for pro football, he is just a massive, massive dude. And uh, he looks pretty smooth as far as considering how gigantic he is talking. A I'd, little- like to, oh, I'd like to also just give uh, her big, some, you know, props as well. The guy from the eight Oh eight out here, you know, holding <laughs> it down there at guard. So just wanted to bring that up. He's, he hasn't gotten nearly as much love as he deserves. Fellow, no, I'm, I'm with you, Justin. And, and look, I, I think this just shows you how good of a coach uh, Jeff Stoutland is too. Yeah, he, agree. We haven't mentioned him, but he deserves a ton of credit. He does a great job with this line. I mean, look at our line. We have my starting at left tackle. Now who played well, who didn't even play football three years ago. Mm-hmm. We have Driscoll. Who's a rookie. Who's looked pretty good in there as well. And we have her big as well. So, you know, he's done a hell of a job keeping this line together, losing a guy like Brandon Brooks, who's just, you know, an anchor and losing your starting left tackle, uh, you know, before the season too. So, you know, props to Jeff Stoutland. He, he deserves credit too. Yeah. Huge. I mean the, uh, the uh, Driscoll story would, would be bigger news how well he's playing. If it wasn't for the fact that the, the tackle across from him literally like <laughs> never heard of football before until four years. I mean, Jeff Driscoll coming in, I think he was like a sixth or seventh round pick and, and being able to play at a high level is, is crazy that that's getting overlooked. And it just kind of shows you how far uh, behind the eight ball Jordan Matlata is uh, very, I mean, we'll see if the, if the offensive line can keep it going, but certainly a, a nice, you know, nice little confidence boost for those young guys. And again, just reason why we should be playing these young guys, kicking it over to the fantasy portion of the podcast, new sponsor thrive fantasy. It's uh, like your normal uh, DFS site, except you're only picking player props instead of like players and salaries. They give you 20 player props to choose from uh, for the NFL slate. 
and then you get to pick 10 either over unders and then uh, just, yeah, you, you hit them, you tally up points. One of the, uh, the only player prop that's uh, from the Eagles Steelers game is big Ben passing yards over under two eighty five and a half. I'm going to take under here again. I'm a little optimistic about our defensive line. I, I still think we could have trouble in this game, but I, I just think this is going to be an ugly game in general. Like I, I would definitely take the under in the game. It feels like a low scoring grind it out. Uh, I mean, we'll get to the final score later, but I, I don't see this being an, a shootout one way or the other. So I like under 285 and a half. Justin, are you riding with the Big Ben under there? I know uh Big Ben, you know, he's he's been uh not doing as many deep balls and Juju's talking about being possibly a possession receiver type now. But uh I still would go over. I mean, this league is just such a passing lead and league now and uh 285 just anything under 300 in my mind just always seems low, especially for a guy like Big Ben. Um so I would take the over. Rob, what are you doing here? Under, over, over. Um, look, our secondary is a big question mark. Slay aside, um, and you know you have to think Big Ben's going to come to play, and he, he's going to get the ball to his receivers in space, and they're going to make a few plays. It, it's going to be the over. Uh, you know, just because he throws for three hundred yards doesn't necessarily mean they're going to put up forty points. But I think he's going to get his yards. Yeah, I mean that that you know that certainly tracks certainly certainly makes sense. But I I, I think it's more just I, I'm I have a feeling this is going to be kind of an uglier game. All right, moving over to just bigger fantasy in general. Is there one player you would play in fantasy this week on the Eagles, or maybe going up against the Eagles? Maybe the defense. Justin, what are you doing? Who who's a who's a fantasy player for the Eagles or in this game that you really like this week? DraftKings, otherwise. <laughs> Uh man, I, I just, and I know I brought up my whole thing was talking about uh, the O line and the run blocking and the fact that the Steelers uh, defensive line has really held the rush yards down against opponents, but uh, I'm going to go with Sanders. Uh, maybe it's more of a hope he has a big game, but I think he will. I think, I think he could be the difference as we kind of talked about earlier. So um, I would go miles. I wanted to go Ertz, but I just don't think we have enough uh, weapons at receiver. So I think he's just going to be double teamed again. Uh, so I'm going to go Sanders. Sanders is 6,500 in DraftKings, which I'm surprised they haven't really moved his price down yeah. and, and especially kind of a tougher matchup, a little, a little higher uh, price than I would have expected. I thought he would have got uh, under, under six grand for uh, this matchup against the Steelers. Rob, what are you doing? Who do you like? Any, any long shot, any, any fun bets here, DFS style or, or fantasy in general? Skip the Eagles. <laughs> that now you're speaking well, like a true I mean, Eagles no. fan. Look, yeah. in all seriousness, and I, you know, I picked one last week and I didn't feel great about it, but it, there's just no great pick from the Eagles. I mean, they're going to be all over Miles Sanders. They're going to be all over Zach Ertz. None of them are safe picks. You know, I, I hope they have a good game, but you know, are, are they going to be value picks? I don't think so. I mean, you know, Ertz and and Sanders aren't you know under the radar guys. I mean. I'm still hopeful Hightower hits for a deep ball at some point here, but um, I just don't love anyone on the Eagles at this point. They they have they're too depleted. You know, once they get their receivers back and there, there's more to deal with. You know, if Goddard can come back, then I think they become better picks. But right now, there's just no one good to pick on the team if I'm looking at it objectively. Yeah, Goddard and Rager, I, I think, are going to be huge uh, once they get healthy and hopefully only 
only a few weeks away. I'm going to say, roll the dice again and, and throw high tower in there. He's only 3000 on DraftKings, which is the minimum for a receiver or a guy in the flex spot. We saw Fulgham have a, uh, have that crazy catch and, and a decent fantasy night in DraftKings. Again, it was like 13.6 for a guy that's only $3,000. I think he's definitely worth rolling the dice. Carson clearly has confidence in Hightower. You saw that on that fourth down catch he made on that slant. That was a huge catch in a, and uh, just, I mean, that's got to give him some confidence with that connection to Hightower. Uh, I wouldn't play Fulgham again, um, but yeah, I, I think there's certainly uh, an opportunity for Hightower to, again, in these, in these millionaire lineups, that kind of thing. There's, you always want one sort of long shot. And I think Hightower could be that guy at 3000 bucks. Moving over to the Eagles nest where we pick one player that we expect to step up, have a huge game. I'm going Brandon Graham kind of hit on it earlier there. Jannard Avery kind of uh, stole his shine there in that 49ers game. But I, I think Brandon Graham BG has the, has the breakout game defensive line wise. And that's who uh, that's who I'm riding with Justin. Who's who's in your nest this week. Uh, I kind of tried to pick a really a dark horse here, and I kind of noticed a little bit of a connection between Wentz and Rogers last week. Uh, Richard Rogers, Ooh, yeah, that's actually not a bad, with, bad one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I almost picked him for the fantasy, but uh, I'm thinking, you know, he could get some some quality catches in. Um, they seem to have a little bit of a connection now, like we were just talking about with the coverage on Ertz taking place and Goddard not being in there. I mean, Richard Rogers. Uh, could have a, a big game for us potentially. Yeah, and and his price over on DraftKings is even lower, twenty five hundred dollars, which is the lowest for a receiver, tight end, uh, you know, or running back. You can't get lower than twenty five hundred. So I think you could do worse if you're if you're desperate there for a uh, a cheap guy who maybe has a touchdown. Uh, we saw that in that Giants game, and you're right, he does seem to have some sort of connection with him and with no Goddard. Come maybe an interesting DFS play. Rob, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing here? Look, I'm sticking with with Carson. I uh, picked him last week. He played well, and I just really think that performance last week, while it wasn't fantastic, I don't even know if it was great. I, I think from what I've seen, it's given him a bit of confidence that he can win and that he can play better. I mean, I, I watched him this week. I watched his press conference and it just seems like he has a little extra step and a little bit of that confidence back. He's joking about, you know, how he needs to work on his touchdown celebrations when he gets a run in and, and stuff like that. And I, I think this could be the game against a good team where he surprises us and he comes back and, and, and has a solid game from start to finish. And maybe I'm willing it again to happen, but uh, I'm going to pick him. Um, and I'll, I'll throw you an extra one. I think on defense, we're going to see this week how Slay is against a good receiver in Schuster, and I think he's going to play well, and I think he's going to shut him down. Oh, I like it. Adding in a bonus, bonus eagle to the nest. I, I like where your head's at. Time for everyone's favorite part: the final score predictions. Rob, we'll we'll start it off with you again. Last week, you picked against the Eagles in order to inspire them to a victory. I, of course, bet on the Eagles straight up. Cash that over at my bookie. It closed at uh, plus three fifty on the money line. Right now, uh, I'm pulling this up over at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP twenty. Get a free twenty dollar bet on your first deposit. Only have to deposit forty five. Going to get involved on the money line again here. Plus two sixty. 
I, I say it's Eagles twenty-one, Steelers seventeen. Rob, what is your uh, what's your score prediction for this game? We're not far off, Sean. I got the Eagles twenty to seventeen. Oh, okay. I think it will be a relatively close game, not a super high scoring game, but I think we squeak it out. All right, I like where your head's at. I'm. Am I a little nervous that uh, you're you're switching to not fading the Eagles? And that's and we really real quick before we get to Justin's prediction, where are you guys at headwise with Juju? Because I'm slowly introducing. Eagles related stuff back into my routine. I, I brought the Eagles hat back after that was in a severe timeout. I'm considering allowing the coffee mug back into the rotation. I don't think I'll be wearing the Jersey on Sunday. I wore my, uh, of course, everyone knows I wore my Reggie white shirt. That was a uh, key to the victory last week. Juju wise. I, I'm kind of, I'm hemming and hawing as what I should do for the game on Sunday. I'm thinking Eagles shirt again. And just not the Reggie White shirt, but uh, where where's your guys' heads at with Juju and what you've been doing, what you carry through the previous week, Justin, Rob, where are you guys at with this? Um, I am currently back to uh, no jersey. Uh, Carson needs to earn it if I'm yeah. gonna wear it. Again. I don't even know if I will. Uh, I'm back to my Super Bowl T-shirt, the T-shirt that I wore through our uh, Super Bowl run, uh, and the same hat I wore. Uh, back in those days, I did have a pair of boxers that I wore last year <laughs> during the game, um, during the games, but I've, uh, I've gotten rid of those. I'm trying not to worry about the boxers so much. Just focusing on the t-shirt and hat now. Dangerous uh, move. <laughs> I have some, it worked last week. I have some sweet super bowl socks. Maybe, maybe it's time to work those back into rotation. Rob, what, what you, have you been waiting for, Sean? Well, you oh, know, man, you I, gotta I, have you gotta have a lot of ins and outs and options. It's a long season. Yeah, I mean, these are crucial decisions. I mean, you you can't take any of this lightly. I mean, look, last week I I, I took a step back, and uh, I I think the only Eagles apparel I had on was a pair of mesh shorts uh, with the Eagles logo. I did not wear a jersey. I did not wear my normal shirt. Mm, uh, wow. Quite honestly, I'm thinking of retiring the shirt and, and picking up a new one. I, I just I feel start. like it's lost its mojo. I'm not. I'm just not convinced about <laughs> it. Um, the jersey, they still got a Carson's got to prove to me, like you said, Justin. Before I put that back, now I am thinking about getting the jersey back on the dogs. They took a week off as well. <laughs> um, you know, they might have earned that back. Um, you know, just to show a little support there, but. I'm definitely going no Jersey and I may go no shirt again this week, just the mess shorts and, and see how it goes. Now, are you going, um, are you, you going to go shirtless or is it just no Eagles shirt? No, Sean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to sit around watching shirtless. Like, just no, <laughs> Primed no, and ready uh, to go. Hey, you no know. Eagles shirt. <laughs> I'm not like watching poolside here. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go with the Eagles shirt. I'm going to try and track down the Eagles socks and and kind of do that for the mojo and and slowly dip my toe back into the jersey again. If if Wentz and the Eagles uh, earn our trust back, Justin, what do you got for the final score prediction? So I, you know what, I almost thought Steelers because uh, I actually thought they were a better team than they are. They've only beat the Giants, the Broncos, and the Texans. So I, I'm actually thinking we got a good chance this week. Um, which, which makes me scared. Um, so I, I took the Eagles to win. I said 27, 24. So 
I think I think we could have some solid pass plays in there, but I'm gonna go uh, 27, 24. 27, 24. We're all going three and zero. All right, Eagles, let's do this. Let's pull out a W for the state of Pennsylvania for the Diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Justin for Rob. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds.